if you have not heard of the wellness trap, you're not alone because I made it up. (laughs) This is actually something that I was thinking about while I was camping the other weekend. (laughs) I was just trying to think, you know, I've got so many clients that get in this place where they, it's almost like we idolize being healthier. And then when they try to work on it, or they're looking for support from other people, it's like, instead of taking that as information to empower them on their journey, it beats them down and they feel bad and they feel like they're not good enough. And Yeah, I just, I wanted to share some thoughts on this with you guys today. I mean, we all have this dream of what we think our life would look like if we were healthier. You might know someone who's like the picture of health, but you can't quite figure out how they do it. Or maybe you follow someone on social media who seems like they have it figured, but like when they share knowledge, it doesn't quite line up with your own experience. You might have even felt that on some of the stuff I've shared. This is what I'm calling the wellness trap. (laughs) And how I like to think of it is kind of like an itch. So if you have an itch and you scratch it, it goes away. Only if that skin is healthy. What if you have an itch and your skin, you actually have like some eczema and you itch it. It gets worse, right? Like it itches more and more and you keep itching. And then before you know it, the problem's even bigger than when it started, It's a vicious cycle. And before a problem can be solved, I think it has to be dissolved. And this is what we are doing in today's episode. We are going to be breaking down five wellness trap myths to help you break this cycle of comparing yourself to other people and keep you focused on your own health journey, being the healthiest version of yourself, not comparing it to like her on Instagram and how she's doing it. So excited for this one, ladies. Hey girl, you are amazing and you possess this unique inner awesome that the world so desperately needs. And guess what? Your body size has nothing to do with that. But I get it. I spent way too many years living in insecurity and I have spent the last decade working with women just like you who have struggled with the same. And when it comes down to it, I think our amazingness becomes all too easily eclipsed by two things. Body bullying, which in turn impacts how we take care of our body. Whether it's over or under eating, over exercising or not moving at all, moving from dieting to anti-diet culture, girl, the pendulum just keeps swinging. I started this podcast because it's time to break up with body bullying and find a way to live balanced in your body. I'm Jess, a body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I believe that when we stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat, we are finally free to live in our own bodies. This podcast is just one of the many resources I have for you ladies. Be sure to head on over to JessBrownRD.com. Check out my ebook, e-course, supplements, meal plans. Guys, I've got so much more for you, and I'm adding to that list on the daily. Are you ready to channel your inner awesome at a whole nother level? Grab a cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes, and let's dive in to today's show. So before I dive into the wellness trap today, I talk a lot about diet culture. I talk a lot about how we can make peace with our body and beat our body bullying. Guys, all of this stuff is based on laying a food foundation based on your values and your healthiest version of yourself from the three prongs of health, mental, physical, and emotional. So it's really big picture health stuff that we're talking about. And I know I I dive into nutrition and making changes on your plate and more protein and all that good stuff, which I believe me, I love. (laughs) But if you don't have that food foundation to stand on and the healthiest version of you mapped out based on your values, 
this is not going to be helpful to you. So I just want to make sure y'all know that I've got two ways to support you in laying that food foundation. Number one is my e-course, and it is a seven-step detailed module to walk you through finding that food freedom and making peace with food forever, (laughs) forever. This is something I've been working on with clients one-on-one for over a decade now. And just to make it more accessible to you, I have packaged it up in a walkthrough on your own, at your own pace e-course for you guys. And the women who have joined it, gosh, I've just been loving it. This week, I had someone tell me that they went to a new exercise class for the first time, for the first time ever, because they finally decided that it was okay to go in the body they were in, and they felt at peace enough in their body to actually go take a chance and do something that they wanted to try. Like, they didn't have to lose 15 pounds and feel like they looked cute in their workout clothes before they walked into the gym. So that was a really cool thing to hear. But if you're one of those that are struggling with making the food changes that stick. Guys, this Food Foundations e-course is for you. And if you haven't heard, through July, I am knocking $50 off the price. Summer Steel exclamation point, all cap. Enter that at checkout and it'll knock $50 off the price for you guys. So that's Summer Steel, S-U-M-M-E-R-S-T-E-A-L, exclamation point. Woohoo! The other way I can help you ladies, as always, I'd love to be in your corner for a one-on-one. Just shoot me an email at jessbrownrd at gmail.com and I'd love to send you my coaching menu. Okay, let's dive into these wellness myths that I think keep us trapped in this wellness trap. And as I mentioned, this came to me while I was journaling. I've been camping a lot. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I'm camping all the time these days. <laughs> My husband, he, this is total sidebar, but he has been on the SWAT team for about nine years, which means he is on call 24-7, 365 days a year, unless he puts in vacation. And they cannot, because they have a smaller team, they can't, um, only two people could be off call at a time. So in other words, we have been landlocked in Albuquerque, New Mexico for many, many years. And he recently decided to step down from that and spend a little bit more time with our family. So we are soaking it up and going camping like every weekend. Literally, we went three in a row. It was amazing. Um, So one of those weekends, I was out there journaling and this is really what came to me. And these are some, these five myths that I'm going to go over are things that I notice to be something that I think social media sells us that keeps us in that trap and that vicious cycle. So number one, health is the natural state for all human beings. I think wellness culture kind of sells it like, yeah, just your body, we're all naturally healthy. But what they're not telling you, it's like the asterisk on that statement is that, our culture isn't set up to support health. So in other words, yes, your body responds really well to healthy changes and, you know, feeding and fueling your body with foods that build it up to be the healthiest version of yourself. But we don't live in a culture that does that. So for example, one of my favorite steakhouses has amazing steak. But do you know why it's so amazing? Because they soak it in butter for 24 hours before serving it. So the steak that's already marbleized with animal fat now has animal fat on top of it and then is fried in additional animal fat. And I'm not sharing that with you to scare you in any way, shape or form. But I just want us to like acknowledge that, you know, when we go to places like restaurants or we sit in front of the TV and those advertisements pop up, like they don't give a crap about our health. They don't care how that food is digested and utilized in your body. All they care about is that you come back again. And then take fluorescent lighting, for example. I mean, we know that 
being under fluorescent light changes our melatonin levels and can interrupt our sleep patterns, which is partially why we <laughs> there's theory that this is why we think we also sleep less now. So it's like, yeah, we think we should naturally go to sleep when the sun goes down, but we have fluorescent lights and that's changed it. And so now people can stay up all hours of the night. So health, while it is natural to be healthy, it's not something that comes naturally because our culture isn't quite set up to make that easy for us to do. Which again is why I think it's so important that we have our own food foundation laid and so we can navigate that and make informed choices. So myth number two, if you are not healthy, you are defective, lazy, bad, gross, disgusting. This is a really unfortunate one because a lot of times really healthy people get really unfortunate health diagnoses. And it has nothing to do with anything they did. Really healthy women get breast cancer. Really healthy men get prostate cancer. Sometimes people who don't ever sit out in the sun get diagnosed with melanoma. Some people who have a really balanced diet have high cholesterol. So I think we need to take a step back from some of the words we attach to unhealthy, like lazy, bad, defective, because if and when we are ever in that place where we get that diagnosis, self-blame doesn't do anything for us. Like, if you get that diagnosis that you have breast cancer, blaming yourself, what's that going to do? I mean, you've already got a lot to deal with. So I think we really need to challenge that culturally, that our health is always 100% within our control. Number three, to be your healthiest self, you must completely eliminate unhealthy behaviors. I can't stand this one. This is the black or white, all or nothing thinking. As long as we live in this extreme mindset, we risk the pendulum swinging from one side to the other. So I'm talking to like the people that say, well, as long as I don't have chocolate in the house, I won't eat it. Okay, that'll work until you have chocolate in the house or until you go over to a friend's house and they have chocolate in their house. Or what happens when your kids bring it home or you go on vacation? We absolutely know from research, I see this over and over again. I know this with myself. (laughs) Restriction leads to binging. I get it that You might feel safe in knowing that you don't have access to something, like we don't trust ourselves to be around something. But to really find that food freedom, we have to challenge this all or nothing black or white approach to food and exercise. Because what happens if we do have access to that food that we've kept out of our house? Then we do have it and then we feel guilty and now we're spending energy feeling guilty. So this thought that to be our healthiest self, we have to completely eliminate an unhealthy behavior I think it sets us up. So to add to this, I want to share some fun research with you guys. And this is to reinforce uh, (laughs) what you see me do in all of my meal plans, which is recommend a daily, I call it fun food. So something that you eat just for pure pleasure. They've actually done research on this. And so beyond like the restriction equals binging piece, they've actually looked at what happens when we have, we intentionally eat something that doesn't provide nutritional quality on a regular basis. So one of the studies that was done was um, a breakfast study where they had, it was people who were seeking weight loss and they had them eat, it was like a piece of cheesecake, a brownie or a cookie for breakfast. (laughs) Who wants that for breakfast? (laughs) My inner five-year-old does, sign me up for that. (laughs) But they gave them these desserts for breakfast and then they were recommended to follow a 1500 calorie meal plan for the rest of the day. And then the second group was just given a calorically equivalent meal plan. And they were told to like go on this for six weeks and come back to be evaluated to see if weight loss was successful. And guess which group lost weight? (laughs) The breakfast, the dessert for breakfast group did. 
And it wasn't because they had dessert for breakfast, but the thought behind it was because they gave themselves permission. Like there was some flexibility and there was, what I think is that in their day, they had pleasure. They gave themselves permission to have pleasure and enjoyment with food. And because of that, they were able then the rest of the day to stay focused and eat more intentionally. So there you have it, friends. Restriction equals binging and eat a cookie for breakfast. Just kidding. If that's what you took away from this, (laughs) you need to come chat with me. But we need to challenge that to be the healthiest self. You must completely eliminate unhealthy behaviors because it's just not true. Really to be our healthiest self is to learn to adapt and adjust to our current environment, to our current situation, and understand that health is a relative term. And to be healthy is to be flexible. Oh, and I have an example of this one. Actually, while I was camping, (laughs) I thought of you guys because I had journaled this episode and then had like went through this whole thought process on my own. So like I mentioned, we've been camping many weekends in a row. And when I camp, I mean, I love camping. And one of the things I love is camping sandwiches. I make these delicious camping sandwiches. I mean, there's nothing really special. They're just loaded. You know, I've got mayo and avocado and butter lettuce and turkey and cheese and then I get the delicious chips and then on top of that we have drinks and we have s'mores and yummy dinners so when I go camping I tend to have a lot more like the scales tip in my carbohydrate department (laughs) I have a lot more carbs than I normally do so this is my when I was journaling for this episode I um, was on my third weekend camping of a heavy carb intake. Not only was it my third weekend, but 12 out of like the previous 21 days I had been camping. So we had been going for long, wonderful weekends. I know. Isn't that awesome? I wish I could do that all summer. (laughs) But by that third weekend, I was like, oh, I got to rein in the carbs. So that morning I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm just going to have like meat and cheese rolls. Like I'm going to skip the bread and chips totally at lunchtime this weekend because I just can't do this many carbs, you know, this much. I'm starting to feel it in my pants. I'm starting to feel it. I just don't like it. So I'm sitting there making lunch and I'm going, you know what I'm going to do? I had this, I'm glad I realized this because I realized like if I make meat and cheese roll-ups, I'm going to eat those chips and I'm actually probably going to eat more chips than I would if I actually had a sandwich. And then not only am I going to eat more chips, but then I'm going to still be hungry afterwards and I'm probably going to go grab the crispy critters from the back of the truck, which crispy critters are as delicious as they sound, they're like peanut butter, chocolate, rice crispy treats with a mix of milk chocolate and butternuts or what is it? Butterscotch chocolate chips on top. So good. But yeah, I was like, I'm going to feel like I didn't eat anything and I'm going to grab more of those. And at the end of it, I will have had more carbs with this method than if I just made a sandwich. So what I opted to do was make a half a sandwich instead of a whole one and all is well. <laughs> so again, we got to quit this swing. Myth number four, you should be able to control the size of your body. This myth, oh, this one creates an illusion, friends. It creates an illusion that we can modify or morph our bodies to look the way we want them with diet and exercise. To some extent, this is true. I mean, we can engage in specific exercises to grow or shrink certain parts of our body. So for example, if you're wanting stronger arms, you can do bicep curls, right? Like there are certain things that we can do. We can modify our protein intake and timing to enhance muscle growth. But the wellness trap here is that when we're making some of these health and behavior changes, we get hyper-focused on specific results that we want based on diet culture stuff like Photoshop, guys, fillers, Botox, plastic surgery. Often a lot of times our expectations are based on 
things that don't come naturally and are not in alignment with our genetic or situational reality. And I'm not saying any positives or negatives about Photoshop or filters or plastic surgery or any of that. Like I'm not even going there. But what I'm saying is that we see those things and we get expectations from that. And then we think that we're a failure because our behavior changes or our changes with our food and exercise aren't giving us those results. It's a bummer because then we think we're failing and we're really not. Hence the trap, the wellness trap. Myth number five is this idea of the rival fallacy that once you are healthy, you are always healthy. <laughs> We've got to remain humble and curious and disciplined and always looking to grow. I mean, it's like this with money, with relationships, with career. If you're hearing this and you're thinking like, Ugh, I'm tired, I'm already exhausted. I hear you, me too. <laughs> but so I just want to get serious here for a minute. Many of you have every reason to be exhausted, especially if you've been battling an eating disorder or been experiencing weight bias or weight stigma from an early age. But sisters, hmm, we can do hard things. <laughs> we live in a day and age where we have wonderful resources to build our mental strength and being human is hard. Being a healthy, alive, motivated person is even harder. So as we connect with our healthiest self, we have to let go of this idea that living life to the fullest is easy and that it's just going to come naturally. It really honestly to live fully alive and in our healthiest self, it means to live fully and embrace the good and the struggle and to hold that tension between discipline and permission, intentionality and flexibility. If we can embrace each day with our goals and intentions and yet carry an open and curious mind, I do believe we can feel that peace in our current body and create the necessary space to build a healthy body and a healthy mindset. One thing that wellness culture does not tell you is that your body is beautifully and intricately designed to do amazing things and that it can make up for our imperfections and how we eat and exercise and it gives us space to be human. I think it's when we take the time to reach out for the right resources and we're willing to adapt a mindset of curiosity, we can let go of this arrival fallacy and really, really embark on a health journey that's lifelong, but really have the endurance to sustain it. I want you all to find that, and I'm hoping you're finding that here in these podcast episodes. And if you need a little bit more help, you know where to find me, that e-course. I made it for you, ladies. Also, I would love to be in your corner. Be sure you guys check out the show notes and my website, JessBrownRD. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, week, wherever it is that you are in your week. Cheers and happy eating. Cheers and happy eating. And also, quack, quack. <laughs> it's my son for you with his, with his rubber duck. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.